Hello, folks, and welcome back to yet another episode of History from the Big Chair and yet another Songs from the Big Chair themed episode. I am, of course, co host number one, Brendan, and joining me as per usual is Chloe. <laughs> Yes, co-host numero yeah, two. I'm a little under the weather slash allergy stricken, so I, uh, my voice is not top tier. Having a good okay. time. Life happens, right? Yeah. I'm only human. Yeah. <laughs> How bad do I sound? You don't sound too bad at all. But is it like hard to listen to? No. I can. I'll try to clear my throat as okay. best as I can. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Sounds good. But yeah. um. We're just very simply going to pick up where we left off last week. Um, you already said how you're doing. <laughs> how about you? How are you doing? Uh, finals week. Right, right, right. <laughs> but how's that going? Um, I you think don't have it's... one till Friday, though, right? Yeah, Friday. Okay, so, I mean... You're not like slammed. Maybe you were studying, but not like. I'm getting slammed with schoolwork and finals week, like homework and mm. projects. It's crazy. It's almost done. It's, it's almost, almost over. Home stretch, and they get to yes. do it again for another four years. <laughs> well, at least that one is on my own terms, basically. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't the college from the big chair book. College, college from the big chair book. <laughs> I love saying that. Like we say that, like at least every other episode, we're like, "This is the blank podcast. This is the yeah. This, this is, is the Tears for Fears podcast." Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole giant Duran Duran tangent I was gonna go on, but I was like, "Nah, this isn't." This isn't a Tears for Fears podcast. This is this isn't Bedazzleland from the Big Chair. This isn't Rio from the Big Chair. You know, I'm done, I'm done doing that. I'm sure a lot. Of, I guess I can't speak, but I. But, uh, I, I will wouldn't say, yeah. have known what a Medazzleland is if I weren't a former Durani. <laughs> yeah, but I will say one thing. Though. I do think at some point we should just break from Tears of Fears and do one singular episode on something that's not them. And we should do a whole episode dedicated to So Road the Rose by Arcadia. No, this is a Tears of Fears podcast. <laughs> there's not a lot to talk about, though. We're going to run out of ideas by the, this time next year. No, well, yeah, I know, but like... Maybe not dedicate a whole episode to some, like maybe we can dedicate an episode to hey get to know us on our other musical interests. Yeah, we can basically just do how about we do top ten lists for each decade from the seventies, eighties, and nineties. I don't have top ten for <laughs> anything but the eighties. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. I have a question for you. What's What's the question what should our listeners be expecting to hear next week okay i know we haven't completely mapped it out that far because we have a lot of we had a lot of ideas it's going to be a songs from the big chair episode because we're going to be in this no i'm aware we're going to be in this territory for a while yeah the songs from the big chair series (laughs) yes the arc is going to be quite lengthy because there's other things we want to implement as well like uh, me reading off the magazine articles that I own because I have a lot of magazine uh, articles and pages that I've gotten from eBay. And then I also, I mean, I want to read off of, I have Tales from the Big Chair. I want to read off that. And then I have the that green book the by Philip Kamen. 
Kamen? Kamen, that one. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's very similar, I guess, to Tales, except it's just way less in-depth. But then also, I think it would be worth it to, like, kind of read the booklet in the box set. Oh, it's kind of... Here's the thing. I was going to do that for the Seeds of Love episode, because that one's, like, really in-depth for, like, the story, and the story needs to be told in order to understand that album. The Big Chair one's good, too. You have the box set. I have the box set. We could take turns. Yeah, that'd be cute. Yeah. And then also, the book by Joanne Green, which I, I, I got. Woohoo! I have all three of the books, the '80s books. Did it come yet? Oh no, it's not going to be here for a while, unfortunately. Yeah, I figured. Like by June, so. June. Oh. Hopefully by the end of this month, I get it. Oh my. Um. But yeah. Um. Maybe we might have to do that. Go back and forth on that, or you can take a lead on that because I would feel bad because I have tales. I have the Green Book. You don't have those. You only have the one by Joanne Green. Which, by the way, let me say that one is a bit of a pain (laughs) to come across. It's very rare. I will not disclose how much I paid for it. Just letting you know. Brenda knows. Do I pay for it? You mentioned it was some like good price. I want. Do you want to know what I paid for? I paid. My mom gave it to me. Shut up. But the back of the book says seven pounds. Right. Well, yeah, that's what it costed in the 80s. And then you have to keep in mind how obscure it is. <coughs> Sorry. And then, yeah. you know. Yeah, so they're super hard to come across. I was looking high and low, and I found You were hunting high and low. I was Sorry, hunting wrong, high and low. Wrong band. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, aha. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, and then I just... I was like, okay, you know what? I'll save the search on eBay so that I get notified. And then surprisingly, like four days later from me saving the search, it, it came up. And I was like, well, God is on my side. <laughs> um, anyway, this isn't the Tears for Fears by Joe and Green podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we'll get there, you guys. <laughs> you know, you know how like TV shows have like phrases that they're like psych is like i've heard it both ways like that's one yeah. of the, the bazinga. Us, <laughs> bazinga bazinga right 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 so for us it's we'll get there or this isn't the blank podcast this is a years <laughs> podcast. yeah <laughs> but i i guess getting back to your whole point about like the book right right the point they're, yeah they're very uh interesting relic in time there was there's some Absolutely. like i really want to track down like the uh, lester bangs uh blondie book from 1980 that has like, a lot of pictures in it there's all book that debbie harry and chris stein wrote i think called I forget what it's called but it's basically like a blondie autobiography yeah you know what uh, book i want i want the one by is his name paul clark paul clark yeah i, I want that one, that one. I, i'm Fan, I, brilliant I read it, it, brilliant it seems read. really good so he I'm follows he it. follows us on twitter so thank you <laughs> he does shout out to paul clark by he the wrote way. a great book yeah he follows us on twitter shout out but yeah there's another book i'm looking at it's called i think the first five years of duran duran by neil gaiman or gaiman i think his name is very famous author yeah he wrote what the hell yeah. stardust Coraline, graveyard book he wrote a, yeah. his first one of his first publications was just a duran duran book in like 85 wow he's yeah. a Dur- neil gaiman is a duran neil gaiman's a duran anyways yeah. once again this isn't the duran duran <laughs> this is neil gaiman from the big chair um neil so gaiman's yeah, a so- sparks fan by the way just thought i'd let you know he's in the documentary <laughs> 
Oh, interesting. Okay, but yeah, moving back to our point is songs in the big chair. Our songs in the big chair arc is going to be massive. So I mean, we we've already gone through the music portion. This is the last of it, aside from Massey Hall, which is coming up. Massey Hall, scenes in the big chair, magazine articles, books. Uh, classic album stock. Classic album stock. You're so right. And, I and think then that's it. We have a linking episode with 1986. That's, yes, that's like and 1986 has its own episode. Hopefully, it won't be a two-parter like 1984 was, but I, it won't be. In, in, <laughs> in essence, yeah. In essence, there's nothing to talk about with 86 besides those three songs, like a yeah. TV appearance or two. A video. We have three videos to watch. That's about we'll, it. We'll, we'll get, get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So now let's dive into some music. Um, so we're talking about side B of Songs of the Big Chair. Uh, so last episode, if you didn't hear it, go check it out. You don't want to hear it out of order. I guess you can if you want. I'm not the boss of you. Um, we talked about Shout, Working Hour, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, and Mother's Talk. I, honestly, I was thinking back. We like gave Mother's Talk like no attention. <laughs> Yeah, I just basically said, I like this version more than the U.S. 4.5 out of 5. Now, there's one thing I wanted to point out about Munch Talk that I don't recall whether or not we um dis- discussed it. What's that? Uh, and this was something that you told me, and I remember when I found out, I was like, Mind oh, blown. this is the end portion, isn't it? Yes, yes. Um, so if you if you listen to the mother's talk, uh, the the outro, and you know it's all the yeah, drumulator is yeah. Just... Uh, so underneath it, I'm sure you hear some weird like like type <laughs> sounds. Those are vocals from. We are broken. We are broken. Yes, and then. You know, those were reversed vocals, and then it's, I think that's so cool that they did that. It's kind of like a little bit of an Easter egg. Yeah, you have to, yeah. like, know. But here's the thing, like, you have to know to know. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. that's a really easy thing to miss, I've noticed. And I missed it for most of my life. I found out when I listened to the early mix that was on the box set. Mm. You can really hear, because they're not chopped up. It's just played flat across. Mm. That's how I figured it out. But um, it's a very interesting thing. And I should point out another thing about that is um, those same exact vocal samples, whatever the heck you want to call them, are used on a Depeche Mode song. You, I think you might have mentioned this previously in the podcast. I think you... I think I did when we were talking no. about Broken Revisited. Maybe, maybe, maybe. not. I'm not I think sure. I did. I'll mention it again. The, yeah, feel free. Yeah, the B-side to the Depeche Mode song, Never Let Me Down Again, which one of the best songs ever made, in my opinion, was uh, Pleasure Little Treasure. And the 12-inch glitter mix has, like, the last minute and a half of it is just, like, chopped up vocals over, like, a few synth and bass lines. And um, one of those is clearly Roland from the end of Mother's Talk. Now, is that because they they had the same producer? Yeah, Dave was probably just like, yeah, listen. It was Bascom? Bascom, yeah, Bascom was the one that remixed and produced that. I'm not okay. sure about remix, but he produced it. Yes. So probably would have been within reason or within, like, realm of possibility for him to just do it. Yes. But at the same time, though, the Pesh Mode decided to work with him because they heard Shout or, like, yeah, this is the future of music. We need to do this. Oh, wow, interesting. Okay. Yeah, and if you listen to the song "Never Let Me Down Again," it's got this name, same name, same. <laughs> it's, <a> name. <laughs> it's got the uh, uh, same uh, snare sample as "Shout." I think 
the uh, when the levy breaks, Led Zeppelin's snare. Um, I had something to say, but I forgot. I hate when that happens. Yeah, that's a thing that ends up happening over here and there. Yeah, I but well, hang on, I want to try to get it back. <laughs> uh, frick, I lost it. So, uh, B side of Big Chair starts off with, I believe. Yes. And you can go ahead and no, I want to remember what I was going to say that last track. Oh, yeah, it, it's there. It's there. No, it's not. I give up on it. Anyway, I believe um, this is the song that we quote like every single episode. Oh, I remember what I was going to say it's okay. not related to Motherstock at all. Um, so I remember. So I was listening back to the episode that we just uploaded. Did you listen to it, by the way? I only listened to a little bit of it because I've been watching Big Bang Theory and listening to Duran Duran. Okay, stop watching Big Bang Theory and listen to your own podcast. <laughs> um, no, so, because the, the one that we, the day we're recording this current episode is, what is it, May 8th? Um, May we, 8th. Yeah, so we just uploaded the uh, the In My Mind's Eye episode. And I asked if Neil Taylor was dead. And then I was like, well, wait, I just also asked that same question in one of these big chair episodes. <laughs> no, Neil Taylor is still alive and kicking. No, I know. It, I, it, I think it was, it was either last episode or... So it escaped your brain twice or <laughs> yes, once? Yes, it did. And I, I, so Neil Taylor, if you're out there, I, I apologize. Times are tough, you know? Yeah. People get distracted. People... Things slip their minds. So, I love your solo on Broken, by the way. <laughs> yes. Shout out to Neil Taylor. Anyway, I believe this is the song that we quote. Too much. Every episode. Uh, should we explain? I think we should. So, <laughs> back in 2020, uh, there, there were a few, quite a few... Tears for Fears meme accounts circulating on the yeah. Instagrams, and um, me and another meme account who unf- I don't think she's active anymore. I think she, she the account is still up, but she doesn't post on anymore. Her and I, we we both came up with like this joke where it's equivalent to that of a Rickroll, and if you don't know what a Rickroll is. Get up at the times, first of all. No offense. The Second times were all, 20 years ago. <laughs> Second of all, um, Rick Rolling is basically when you just play Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. And it's kind of like a, I don't even know, it gives you metaphorical whiplash because, you know, whatever. I believe getting I believed is <laughs> the same thing as getting Rick Rolled, except it's I believe. Yeah. But like specifically the music video. Yes, and Roland and all of this. With his... Roland and his shirtlessness. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so every time we say, I believe, it's like, you believe? I don't know. I heard it, it, it had to be there. You had to be there. You had to be there. I'm sorry. We'll get so there. It's an inside joke, but we'll let you guys in on it. So anytime in your personal life that you say, I believe, or anyone within close proximity says, I believe, uh, you guys say, you believe? Yeah. It's an obligation now. Anyway, this isn't the no. This is the I believe podcast. What am I saying? Yeah, we're talking right about here. it right now. Uh, anyway, now to talk about the song because I I like to go on and on because you don't like to shut me up. You need I to don't. start. You need to start doing that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you gotta say, hey, shut up. Shut, shut you up. You naughty boy. Oh. 
Ha ha ha. <laughs> I love that song. It's great. Anyway. That was episode two. This is episode not number two. This is episode fourteen. Fourteen. Wow. Unless we unless another episode gets split into two parts, which I doubt. This okay. is episode fourteen. I uh, believe. Yes, I believe. I like this song. Now I know you prefer the re recording, right? Yeah, it's got more soul. It isn't it's the soulful <laughs> re recording. Yeah, that's um, kind of the point. Honestly, I like them pretty evenly. And I know it's kind of weird, but I think it's just the same thing um, for what it is for me in terms of Suffer the Children original versus Suffer the Children album. Where it's like, or, or even Stay on the tipping point. The The version of Stay that's on the Rule the World compilation is slightly different than the one on the tipping point. But they're right. still different, even though it's the same recording. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so it's kind of like for for those songs, it's like the single version. I'd prefer to listen standalone. But if I'm listening to the album, then of course I want to hear the album version. And it's the same for I believe for me. Yeah, I I feel like if that soulful re-recording is thrown on songs in Big Church, doesn't fit. It, I just have to say the the album version definitely fits on the album version, and and I um. Sometime a couple years ago, I used to think that I believe did not fit on songs of Victor. And I used to kind of be like, I feel like it would fit more on the Seeds of Love. Looking back, I disagree with that statement. Yeah. <laughs> and in the classic albums documentary, they were kind of like, it's a bit of a nice break from all the bombasticness. And I was like, you know what? I agree. You know, you, you flip over to the B side and you just have nice. Nice Piano. break. And then you go... Broken. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because that was my the, broken imitation, you guys. Because here's the thing. On a vinyl, it's different because you can, like, listen at your own will. You lift the needle at the end of Mother's Talk and put I Believe on. On a CD, it's just wedged in between those two very loud songs. Yeah. I want to hear your broken imitation. I just did mine. Mine was pretty bad. I want to hear yours. I'll do it when we get the broken. Okay, valid. <laughs> All you right. Do you want to hear, though? What? Right. I want to hear the thing. From the way you are. Okay. <laughs> I'll do that during Broken, too. Why? I don't know. I'll just, I'm saving everything for Broken. Okay. Um, um, jinx. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I believe. I like it. The vocals are nice. It's a nice, easy listening song. I agree. And Rollins does piano on that, I might add. So. Yeah. Yeah. This is also one of those songs I believe starts in, in F major seven chord. <laughs> you believe? Like, I do believe, yeah. Anyway, Does uh, it? yeah, you I think you're right. It's the same one as Break the Man and Tell Shelter. Shelter yeah. It sounds like it could be, I don't know. Maybe. You're the piano guy. You know chords and stuff, so Yeah, you'd think I would. Uh, <laughs> piano man? <No>. Piano man. <laughs> Harmonica starts playing in the distance. <laughs> um I was gonna frick. I always I I think faster than I can talk, and then I lose the thought that I had. Yeah. Because I'm funny, <laughs> silly, funny. Uh, do you have anything else? Oh, I know. I'm embarrassed to say. Are we rating? Did we rate last episode? I think we did. Yeah, yeah, okay, we okay. obviously did. Good, good. I just want to make sure we didn't forget <laughs> to do it. Um, so my rating for the song, I believe. Yeah, go ahead. Make the joke. You believe? Yeah. I believe I gave Mother's Talk 
a 4.5 out of 5, so I think I would give, I believe, you know what, I'll give it a 5 out of 5. I think it deserves it. Wow. (laughs) Nice. Unless you want me to throw out a pitchfork rating and say (laughs) 4.9. Like, I mean. No, you're good. You're good. Well, but then that gets me thinking, would I rate it the same as Shout? That's true. But so, but the thing is, like, Mother's Talk is definitely a four point five. But then, so I would you have could say, to say you could say four and three quarters. Okay, I'll throw out a pitchfork rating. I would give, I believe, a four point seven out of five. Okay, that's fair rating. How about you? So this, as far as I'm aware, is my least favorite song from the Big Chair. Really? Yeah, because I really just do prefer that re-recorded version so much. Okay. Compared to this, this version, I won't, I won't lie, it's a nice tame break, like you said. Yeah. Um. Uh. It does fit well into my uh, chill, uh, relaxing playlist that I have in Apple Music. It does fit well in those. I prefer this. Nice. It's a very chill song. You know, turn off the lights in your room. Contemplate your life choices. Contemplate your life choices. Um, It's one of those songs. I like the reversed percussion in the intro. Ooh, you're right. I do like that. I agree. Yeah. And then you can hear like a very faint tambourine in the background. Yes. Um, So that's good. I don't think his vocal performance on this version is nearly as good as the one on the re-recording, but it doesn't have to be. I get you. Because this is a completely different song, in my opinion, compared to that. This one's just more relaxed. Yeah. It doesn't need to be this crazy, soulful recording with Screaming William and, like, taking your shirt off for the video. It doesn't need to be that, you know? So One question I still... I'm sorry, I hate to cut you off, because I do that every single episode. You know what? Finish your thought, and I'll hold on to this one. Okay. Um. I heard you sigh. You're like... I heard it. <laughs> so, like, I know for a fact that I prefer that single version. I still think this is very good. Yes. I do think it's very good. There's not much to say about this, honestly. If you I'll had to rate fav- it out of five. I'll drop my favorite lyric, though, real quick. Oh, my God. I totally forgot we're doing that. I, I forget every single time. Yeah, you do. Every time. <laughs> yes, you do. Do me a favor and remind me prior to recording, please. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> please, every Every time I've forgotten. Oh, I. Uh, yeah. What are your favorite lyrics? Um. It's um. And I believe that if I'm crying while I write these words, is it absurd, or am I being real? I might say the same, but let me Google the lyrics really fast, just so I can read them. I'll give my rating real quick. I'll just yeah, drop. Yeah. A, I'll drop a four out of five. Four out of five? Interesting. Four out of five. Yeah. I'm reading the lyrics right now. Yeah, I agree with what you say. However, now that I'm actually looking at the lyrics, this reminds me of something else I wanted to say. Why did he say, I can't deny that I'm a Virgo too, when he's a Leo? Now, here's the thing. The Virgo and Leo date, they're like, he's on the cusp date for both. Or like you know, like you know, he's basically on like the cusp date. So maybe he used to self-identify as a Virgo, but now he's like, I'm a Leo. Or 
just roll over go for funnies. Now I'm or, gonna just here's the thing. Hold, hang on, let me get this. Let me get it out. If he really, if he he could have just said Leo because it rhymes. It, it's you know O Leo and it's the same syllables as Virgo. Mm-hmm. He could have said, "I can't deny that I'm a Leo too." You know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I will say, I will say one thing. I've long heard a rumor that this might be a real thing that happened, or it may not have been a real thing, that the star signs were readjusted and therefore shifted the dates. Interesting. Maybe that's what it was then. But I don't know if that's true because I just think I 100% do not believe in astrology. I think it's just a made up thing that people use to make themselves sound smart. Don't, don't believe in it at all. Um, I think it's one of those just fake sciences that doesn't mean anything. So I, what I'm saying here may not make sense. Like with this whole readjustment thing of the days, because yeah. there was that there was that one rolling tweet from back in the day of him with the uh, Roland Kurt stuffies, and it says ever since NASA changed everyone's star signs, Kurt Smith and I have grown a lot closer. And, <laughs> yeah. and then he had them stand next to each other, and he had them kissing, and then he quote tweeted himself and said. I had other positions, of course, and had yeah, tongue, okay. the tongue sticking out of my Yeah, I have that on my phone. Please come back to Twitter, Roland. You are... No, don't come back to Twitter. Don't. Roland, please come to, like, Snapchat or something. <laughs> Add me on Snap. Instagram Reels. Uh, um, yeah, so don't come back to Twitter. I, I don't... <laughs> so I'm not going to discount astrology because, like, it also falls into certain, like spiritual beliefs so i'm not gonna discount it but i I don't believe in it but i'm not gonna like condemn it you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) however i will acknowledge that it is very much a trend and for that i think it's rather but this is this is an astrology i do i i also question one thing because i just like i don't know this isn't i don't want to anger anyone (laughs) (laughs) Tell me after the podcast. Okay, I, I'm just not an astrology um, fan. But Roland was very much an astrology girl. In yes, his he own was. Right. He was. Yes, he still was. Still kind of is. Still, still is. is. At my concert in Philly, he asked everyone what their star sign was. Yeah, right. He didn't do anything funny at my show, really. In terms of like crowd interaction, or not crowd interaction, but you know what I'm saying. Like he yeah. didn't. Uh, the only thing was, I, as I shared in the concert experiences episode, um, in New Jersey, when he was like, everybody wants to rule the wordle. <laughs> I got my wordle in two guesses. <laughs> he was very proud of it. He was anyway. practicing the stand-up. Right. Um, yeah, so moving on from I believe, because I think we said it all. Broken, let me hear your broken invitation. <laughs> There you go. Oh boy, mine was better. Yeah. Um, now do the the way oh, you are. Oh, the, 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 the oh, there you go. <sighs> I can't do it. I'm not a date. Like, I can't do it. I promise we will have that soundboard by the time we get to the seeds of love. Really? I'll just be able to. I'll just be able to play that thing whenever I want. Yeah, potentially. Anyway, broken. Let me look up lyrics really fast so I can have that when we get to that part of the conversation. But let me just say, I really like this song. I think it was a very interesting idea to have this be a segue type of song. 
And I remember when I first heard it, I was kind of like, hey, it's the same lyrics as Head Over Heels, you know? Mm-hmm. I think, so I think it's interesting. Um, you, know, the, in, you know, how it ends with the, in my mind's eye, one little boy. But it says, one little boy anger one little man. Has this been explained? I've always long questioned what came first, the chicken or the egg. But I've also <laughs> long questioned what came first. Well, we are broken or head over heels. So, considering we are broken is what got put out, I would assume we are broken. But I, I, so I, I want to think that this came, this string of lyrics came first, and then was then also implemented onto head over heels. Yeah. Because it, I don't know about you, but it seems a little out of, it seems kind of out of place for both songs, but I think it also, it's out of place for Head Over Heels, yet it's one of the most iconic parts of the song. Yeah. Like, lyrically, it's kind of out of place, but it fits. I don't know, that's just me. Maybe a little. I get you, but I've always wondered, like, was Head Over Heels written around the keyboard riff from We Are Broken? Or was the uh, Head Over Heels riff written before We Are Broken and they just used it for We Are Broken? I don't know. You know, I'm talking about the G, F sharp, EDC. Yeah, um, I want, <laughs> throwing out the notes, I want to assume that it was We Are Broken for sure that came first. Could, definitely could have been. I, I think, I believe it was. But that's just me. Yeah, it's. I think it's common for people to like reuse melodies and repurpose melodies and stuff. Yep. As an artist, it's. I mean, yeah. Um, Ed Sheeran's been doing that for ten years. <laughs> Don't bring Ed Sheeran into this. Uh, so, in terms of favorite lyrics for me, I'm looking at them right now. He won his lawsuit though, so good job, Ed. Shout out to Ed Sheeran, I guess. Don't let greedy estates of deceased musicians get the best of you, Ed. Yeah. Anyway, between the searching and the need to work it out, I stop believing everything will be all right. That's I think those are my favorite string of lyrics. Um, is there anything else I have to say about the song? I like how it sounds. It's kind of like an action film type of sound, you know? Yeah. And I absolutely. think it's I think it's a good introduction to something like Scenes of the Victor. It's yeah. just it's like bombastic and it really gets you going, you know? So I think it's cool. Um, I'm trying to think of more things to say. That is all I have to say. Oh, I didn't rate it. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so frantic. Um, well. Hmm. I really need to, like, think out my ratings before just saying them. So if I gave Mother's Talk a 4 out of 4.5 out of 5, and I gave, I believe, a 4.7 out of 5, I think I will also give this a 4.7 out of 5. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a good rating. You may now speak. (laughs) So, basically, I consider I Believe to be the very brief low point of the song. For that song to be the low point, that's a really freaking high low point. Yeah. Uh, um, But, you know, the album just picks right back up. This song just gets you right in. Yeah, definitely. You know, to me personally, this also, the way I find this whole linking thing with Broken Head of Heels Broken to kind of be a teaser what what's to come with the Seeds of Love 
with all these like repeated phrases mm. and like musical elements that just get that just show up again and again and again. Like how like many songs I said that's like on every song, you know? It's on Women in Chains. I don't think it's on Bad Man's. I don't think it's on the Seeds of Sowing Seeds. I don't think it's on Advice. It's on Year of the Knife, I know for sure. Just like a riff. And then it, they, it also says the words the sun and the moon, the wind and the rain. And then also famous last words. I think those might be the only three. It feels but like this is the right. seeds of love. No, we'll get there. We'll get there, you guys. <laughs> I guess this also feels a little bit like the seeds of love in the way that this is like the first overtly prog, rock, prog, pop, tears for fears song I can think of. This isn't just traditional cookie cutter like 80s new wave. Like this is advanced. Shout out to Neil Taylor, man. Yeah, um, it's kind of strange how this fell into place. Um, so they're working on songs in the big chair, right? And Neil got the call, and Roland and Kurt were like, "Hey, that solo you did it in my mind's eye when we did this was great. Can you relearn that so you can put it onto the album? Because every night when they do broken, he would do a different solo. Mm, and it just so happened when the one the show that they taped for a concert." He did that incredible solo. Wow. And Roland and Kurt were like, hey, do this. I think they even recorded it on a cassette for him from the audio from the thing. They gave it to him and said, hey, learn this. Come back. And then he nailed it. And it's wow. just so good. That's like the best part. of One of the best parts of this album to me is that guitar solo. Yeah. Um. I wrote down in my notes that I think he's one of the unsung heroes in Tears of Fears history. Certainly. Because he toured on that late 83 tour. He was in Neon. He plays guitar on Rule the World. On here, he's all over the Seeds of Love. He toured for the Seeds of Love. Doesn't get the credit he deserves, in my opinion. Shout out to Neil Taylor once again. Yes. But uh, I do like the drum programming that runs throughout the song. I like that. Like it's just like a little percussion line that just repeats and repeats and repeats. And I like it. Yeah. The head over heels riff in the middle. It's really cool. Yeah. This back when I was a little a little boy, a little a tyke little back in elementary school. Um, one of the two songs I owned from the big chair on my iTunes library was broken. It was one of the wow. two songs I owned. I bought it for a dollar twenty nine on iTunes. Wow. Do you know what the other one was? I do not. Take a while, I guess. Uh, Head Over Heels? No. Um, I believe? Uh, no. Wait, what was your question? What was the other song I purchased from Songs in the Big Chair when I was a little kid? Oh, everybody was in the world? Yes. There uh-huh. you go. Um, what's your favorite lyrics? Um, between the searching and I need to work it out, stop believing everything will be all right. Same as me. Exactly. What's your Five out of five. Five out of okay. five. Easy. This is one of my favorite Trisha Fury songs of all time. Without wow. a doubt. Even though it's really short in passing, um, it's just a load of fun and it really gets the cogs turning in my head. You know, this is like as good as a song like the shout the, the shout. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it when you misspeak. It's like the best thing ever. Yeah, like as good as an advance as something like shout or the working hours, <laughs> I think this is like the first time where it's like, whoa. You know? I get you, yeah. Yeah, it's like they waited till track six to like really crank it up to eleven. Yeah. Spinal tap reference. Okay, cool. 
Someone out there gets it. Yeah. All right. Is, is it's, are we moving on? Oh. It, it's time. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, all right. So I've disclosed this probably three times now. It reveals yep. just so happens to be my number one favorite uh, Tears for Fears song. I had no idea. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think I got into the technicalities of it in the singles episode. How I love just the grandness of it. The piano, the guitar, the 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 melody, the vocals, like all of it is just chef's kiss. Yes, I agree. I will never forget that first time I heard it on Casey Kasem, man. What was going through your head like as soon as it ended? I was like, wow, that was good. Yeah, I, I just I I just remember like hearing that c chord it immediately like because i was like scrolling through my phone or something and that c chord you know came on it caught my attention immediately and like you know my my ears perked up and i was listening and i heard that the, the guitar and then i heard the vocals and i was like dang this this dude has range and i just kept listening on into the chorus and i was like wow this is an amazing song yeah it's really and good. And it's been my favorite ever since. That's impressive. That's November really impressive. of 2019, man. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. I don't want to repeat myself. I think I did get into the technicalities of it in the singles episode, but I love the vocals. I love the overall feel of it. I I love everything about it. There's not a single thing about this song that I would take away. Is there anything I would add? No, not really. I I can't think of anything that I would want to add to this song. Um, a Phil Collins style horn section. So yes. Like this is studio horns. <laughs> no. 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 Yeah, this song. <laughs> Favorite song of all time, also. Wow. So not even just Tears for Fears. Favorite song of all time, and has been since I heard it on Casey Kasem. Yeah. Top forty. Top forty. <laughs> yeah. Um. Six out of five. Infinity out of five. Infinity out of five. Yep. And um, I don't think that this is like their peak. Like I mean, like it's a gr- oh, it's a fantastic song, but is it like the defining? Is it the the definitive Tears for Fears song? Probably not. But it's still super good. I think I would say it's a top top ten at least. It's probably closer to top five for sure, in my opinion, at least. Yeah. But I now, oh gosh, in terms of favorite lyrics, dude, the whole song. But if I had to be super specific, I'm trying to think. Um, just the whole song, man. Yeah, no, I don't, I can't think of any specific line. Uh, my favorite lyric is "la la 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 la." Um, I don't know about you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> now. You, I know you have something to kind of get into a little bit in terms of the background vocals in the second verse. That nothing ever changes when you're acting your age. Nothing gets done when you feel like a baby. Nothing ever changes when you're acting your age about how 
people think it's Kurt, but it's Roland, but it's actually both. I think, but I'm pretty sure I, think I figured. It's both. I'm 98.865% sure I figured it out the other day. Okay, share it. All right, so I just wanted to say real quick about this song. Like you said about that C chord just catching your ears. I guess it's almost as interesting and captivating right away like the video is. You see that silence sign right silence. away. Yeah. You know, and it just – was that a Thomas Dolby reference? I I have a question <laughs> for you. What's up? What, what do you think of when you hear this song? What do I think of? I think of Donnie Darko. Really? Really? <laughs> I think of Donnie Darko. I think of that end credit scene on Psych, and I just think, to me personally, when I look Wait. at the album cover, for, what? No, don't say you spoil something for me. When is no, it the, on Psych? At the end of Sean 2.0, he does uh, an acoustic version of Hills of Sean and Gus. Did they cut it from the streaming release? <gasps> I think they did because that did not. Oh, you know what? You know what? what? Peacock like automatically cuts through the credits. Well, there you go. You have to go back and watch Sean, okay. Gus, and Kurt do a, right. heart- okay. <laughs> a heartbreaking rendition out of her heels on guitar. Um, but yeah, uh, when I look at the album cover for Songs from the Bay Tree, this is the song I hear in my head. Not Rule the World, not Shout. I love that. No, that's so valid. Like, the, like that. this song to me is Songs from the Bay Tree. Like, every, really? Every Tear Shafir's album has its own song. Like, when I look at the album cover of The Hurting, I hear Pale Shelter. When wow. I look at Big Tree, I hear Heavy Heels. When I look at Seeds of Love, I hear Seeds of Love, Elemental Breakdown, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, but this one is 100% Heavy Heels for me. Oh, I love and, that. Uh, I Getting to the whole backing vocals thing. Um, I think I freed out. Sometimes, and I watched a video that um, a very good Depeche Mode themed channel sometimes does other things. Uh, Von George. Did a whole twenty-some-minute video talking about the difference between Roland and Kurt's voices and like how, why a lot of people back today had a hard time telling the difference, which I didn't know that a lot of people had a hard time telling the difference between the two of them. Now, and it one hundred percent confirms my point here. I feel like sometimes Kurt can sound like Roland, and Roland can sound like Kurt just a little bit. I think it's actually the only the latter. I think that it's only Roland sounding like Kurt. That's what I meant to say. Kurt never sounds like Roland. Kurt never sounds like Roland. But Roland Im- imitates Kurt's singing style. And my best two examples are in Sowing the Seeds of Love. I'm trying to think. Uh, Time to eat all your words, swallow your pride, open your eyes. In the music video, isn't it Kurt lip syncing that? Yeah, but to me, it just sounds like Roland. And it's always yeah, oh, like Roland. same for me. But if you're watching the video, you'd kind of be like, your brain would kind of trick you. But I'm thinking, almost certain it's. I see. I don't know. Maybe it's the same thing with head over heels. Then, because where it's both the, of them. The head over heels thing. I think I finally figured out. And can I yeah. get? I'm gonna get really technical here. So okay, I, have, I had the other example. Oh, uh, this is when Kurt wasn't in the band. Fish out of water. I think he was intentionally trying to imitate Kurt because the song's about him. You know when he says you're jamming your life away. Yeah, he's like go swimming in the tide he's like, today. Yeah. He's like intentionally making his voice like softer and like yes, making it but like go say your smarts. So, smarty man. every isolated vocal version I've ever heard of Head Over Heels, whether it be the one from the 5.1 Steve Wilson mix or the one from the rock band 3 multi-tracks, 
<laughs> only uses a single track vocal, which to my ear sounds deeper. When he double tracked it, it adds another layer and it sounds brighter. And for some reason, it just sounds higher to me, even though it's not. It just tricks my brain since there's two voices at the same time. Yes. When he double tracked his, because on the bass track, on like the main vocal track that like you hear in the whatever mix I'm talking about, mm-hmm. he does the line 100%. It's 100% Roland. Okay, but, yeah, 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 I get you. But when I listen to this other, like the main version of the song, and I close my eyes, because like whenever I hear that part, I just picture Kurt dapping up Zippy the Chimp and like <laughs> sweeping the floor and, like because he's singing the line. But when I close my eyes, I still hear Roland. 100%. Interesting. And I th- I'm c- I can almost feel like I can confirm that it's him. Yeah, I get you. Should that yeah. be Mystery from the Picture? If you Speaking want. of Mysteries from the Picture, my dad, I think when he was listening to the last episode, the, the Way You Are one, he was like, that would be a dope episode. And there was another Mystery from the Picture. So... He, I guess, was kind of looking through Instagram. He stumbled across this one account. And on the account, there was a video of Roland having, like, an interview with, like, a CGI person. I've been trying to find that interview for ages. And I can't. I've been trying to find the video for ages. And I can't find it. Ever. Uh, I have a clip of the interview. But I, I... the the full interview seems to be the loss. Because here's the thing. I, it used to be on YouTube. I know what show it was on. I know what year it's from. I know what channel it's on. But the video's gone. Wait, so you know all the information? Yes, it's just, the video's just wiped from the internet, though. You should look into it again to see if anything's popped yeah, up. Because it was on the PBS show, On the Road. Mm-hmm. Which was like, he performed Raul, Shout, and Break It Down Again live with the Raul touring band. He got interviewed by that CGI thing. Yeah. But all three of those performances are still on YouTube. Multiple uploads, but every single upload the interview, gone. Yeah, but so he basically, he was saying that that should be a mystery from the big chair. So yes, I could, you're, I do know what your dad's talking about. Unfortunately, lost, gone. I only have, I only have one screenshot from it. Every time we say mystery from the big chair, do you actually add anything to a list? Yes, there's a doc. Okay, so like, like whenever I say add it to the list, like you, you do? I do, yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure you haven't missed any of our mysteries. No. Back to Head Over Heels. What, 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 what's your favorite lyric? Aside um, from la 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 la. Simple. Um, I should point out, I think, I think the very end of Head Over Heels is top three epic. I don't know how to end the song of all time. But yeah, I guess in essence, that uh, end la la section kind of like one of the best parts of the song for me because when that like drum fill hits in and then Kurt's bass just clashes with the piano and guitar it's like mm. magic to me man really. I love the things that you say <laughs> no like genuine like I feel like I don't like describe things well enough I don't know I think you and do. then like you're super good at describing things I said this in the last episode you, should, you, you did yeah you're like yeah I think it's just a great mix that we've got going on where it's like you're kind of like the brains, and I'm the not brains. I don't know. No, nah, your brains too. Your brains no. too. No, <laughs> smaller brains. No. Nah. I am smaller. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but anyway. um, basically, I think this is up there for like the greatest end sections of a song of all time with "Hey Jude" and uh, "Hot Love" by T Rex. All three of them are just 
Lala, whatever. I think it was actually inspired by Hollow by T Rex. I think that's the inventor. Yeah. I love that song. T Rex was great. Rest in peace, Mark Wallen. Love you. So, what do you rate? Did you already rate it? No. I I said my favorite lyric, but I didn't rate it. This is top 10, top 15 all time favorite for me, without a doubt. Um, I love this song. It's probably my second favorite from the album, honestly, behind the working hour and whatnot. Love it. So yeah, um, I need to point out it has broken at the end, which I absolutely need to love this song. Um, same exact broken you hear in in my mind's eye, and same exact broken you see in in my mind's eye. As we shared in the in my mind's eye episode. Yes, yes. Yeah. And um, you absolutely need that to have her head over heels. You know, if it's not there, it's not head over heels. Man, stop talking. (laughs) So they basically. They crossfade the clapping into <laughs> listen. There we go. <laughs> uh, listen, so this is Ian Stanley's baby. As yeah. he's called it. This is baby. Um, I like this song. It's not a bad song by any means. I just need to be in the right mood to listen to it. Um so it's it would be a kind of hard song to listen to standalone, but once again, it's like if I'm listening to the album, then perfect. I like I'll listen to it. It's beautiful. The only criticism I would have is that it's very repetitive. But other than that, it's not like painfully repetitive. Though. Like, it, it, <laughs> oh God, no! No God! No God! <laughs> <laughs> Michael Scott. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think it's beautiful, and it, it's not completely instrumental. It's got some words to it. So yeah. if I had to pick, there's only two strings of lyrics. Well, that's not true at all, actually. <laughs> I lied. I forgot about the ending. My, okay, what? Did, so favorite lyric I'll say while I'm thinking about it is um, "Mother Russia, badly burn your children, lick their wounds." It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And then, all right, what would I rate this? I think I would rate this. Frick. I think I'd also rate it a 4.7 out of 5. Maybe 4.8. Wow. Um, um, so at the ending, the lyrics, um, people thought it was Spanish, but it's, it has been confirmed to not be Spanish. And in the classic albums documentary, it was said, I don't remember what exactly. Do you remember? It was like gibberish. Yes. Right? But do you remember like, what the exact gibberish was? Um, n- I think it's something involving Kung Pao Chicken. It was something involving it, but it was still kind of random i i don't know but it was something about that yes and it's funny wherever you look whether it be spotify apple music genius all have those spanish lyrics which aren't the lyrics yeah don't know even don't even know where that came from yeah me people will people will just make up anything and they will go with it (laughs) yeah i think i think i have a clip of it um Yes. Oh, hang on, sorry. 
I'll talk about this. Yeah, Roland <laughs> said that they don't rep. <laughs> you can say your thoughts. Um, I really like it. You know, I really do. It it just feels a little bit long, and sometimes I feel like they didn't know how to end the album. You know, I feel like Broken could have ended the album. At end of like a reprise Broken. I feel like that could have ended the album. But you know, it's kind of strange though. You know how I, like I'm not gonna say listen feels like filler. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. On it, but at the same time, is there really any filler on an eight-track album? No, because I mean, it's cause too like, short. Exactly, because like take like an album like the White Album. That's thirty tracks. There's obviously going to be filler on there. You know, or take an album like Three Feet High and Rising by De La Soul. Um, it's pretty like, long. It's like eighteen, nineteen, twenty tracks. Um, there's not really any filler on there either, and it's pretty long. But like. Listen just feels a little disengaging to me because just how repetitive it is. I agree. But when you get to the part, you know, with Roland absolutely soaring to hit those high notes, I don't know if he actually is. I think he is. If it's pitch correct. If if he is, that's his best vocal performance without a doubt to me because that's just unbelievably impressive. Yeah, he's got a beautiful range. So I found the clip. And Kurt, so Roland said that it, it wasn't, it was just kind of filler. It wasn't supposed to make any sense. Kurt said he remembered it was, they, they were trying to frame it around the phrase, wrap me up a chicken. I already forgot it. God damn it. Um, wrap me up a chicken took a takeaway. Because, you know, takeaway is British for takeout. Yeah. Um, and then Ian said it. They um, they wanted to like make it sound kind of foreign, I guess. So they added Swahili into it, the Swahili uh. word for chicken, which is cuckoo. So and then the kind of, then they just made it gibberish. So yeah, it's like it's like, it's like home on a chicken on kukuse or something like that. And it makes sense because if you listen to the song, it pretty much sounds exactly like what they're saying. Yeah. Pretty random though. Yeah. Pretty. But I res- but I applaud their creativity. Yeah, nothing like a bunch of guys just making up stuff for a song, <laughs> I guess. But um it's not a bad song by any means, but it's just not a favorite. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things that's just good in passing. Though apparently it was according to the poll, you know, it, it won our poll. It did win our poll, that's true. And I guess I should point out also on the B side to the famous last words um I was solver just single. Say that. It's okay. The clean intro without the applause was released. Maybe as like an apology to Ian Stanley for like kicking him from the group three times in the seeds of low sessions, saying, Hey, we know things were tough but here's listen again maybe who yeah. knows i it also should point listened out to it on the picture disc because i have that picture disc but i haven't true. listened to it there was also um two alternate there's an alternate version for broken there was a demo which is just we are broken but like longer at saxophone and whatnot and there's also the richard skinner bbc session which is good interesting and then there's a head over heels richard skinner bbc session which is good but it's not head over heels yeah, 
Yeah, head um, and heels in its own right. That famous right. last words picture is that might be my favorite one because first of all, the art on it is just so beautiful, and then it, the songs, like, the songs are that's like the best like famous last words with mothers talk us and listen like that is such a great trio anyway yeah they don't really go together famous last words or mothers talk us remix but but it works somehow for that in my opinion at least so so i'll give listen a 4.5 and i'll go with pilgrim father uh sailed away found the brave new world lyric is my favorite mine is homie had a chicken (laughs) there you go yeah. So yes, yeah, so I guess since we just wrapped the thing, I'll, I'll ask you. Looking back on this album, it's been how many years since it came out? Thirty-eight. Yeah. How do you think it holds up? What do you mean? Like, like do you think? Because obviously, sometimes albums lose their magic over time. Sometimes albums sound incredibly dated. Like, oh, this one, I think. I mean, it doesn't sound modern. So no. it definitely sounds like something from the mid '80s, but I firmly believe that it still holds up. It does not lack anything, in my humble opinion. You see, to me, it's such a strange thing with a band like Tears Your Fears. To me, being raised on from such a young age and not really having the ability to learn when things came out until I do that research myself. So to me, it all seemed like there were six albums that came out at the same time. Interesting. And, you know, because for me, like when I listen to any album from '85, like "Me Is Murdered by the Smiths" or uh, "Let It Be" by the Replacements, if that even is from '85, I don't know. Or like "Hounds of Love" by Hunting Kate Bush. High and Low. Hunting High and Low. So read, so the, read Rose. the Rose. Jinx. <laughs> so yeah, I'm thinking album from '85. All those feel like an album from '85, but to me, an album like "Songs from Victory" doesn't have a release date because it just feels so timeless to me. You know what? That makes sense. Like. I just feel like a song like The Working Hour or Shout or Everybody Wants the World, like I know when they came out and I know when they were recorded, but they just feel new after all these years. Yeah. And, it, and to me, this is just one Tears of those. This is Tears for Fears and what they're all about. But this to me also is one of those landmark albums, not just of the 80s or of the drama, but of all time. Certainly. And it does. it's not really seen that way, unfortunately. It's really not seen as being like a land. It's sure it's like considered one of the biggest new wave albums, synth pop albums, prog pop, if you want to go there, mm. it's one of those. But like, to me personally, this album is like a stepping stone. Yeah, because when people history. think landmark albums, they think Thriller, they think Born in the USA, like a virgin. If you're talking strictly 80s, right? If you, I'm, I'm talking strictly 80s, like in terms of like 80s landmark albums, Thriller, Born in the USA, like a virgin. It's funny, Maybe my, even yeah. She's So Unusual. That's funny. My um, landmark albums are so different for the 80s. My landmark albums are like. Rio. Oh, mine are different too. Mine are different yeah. too. But I was saying like the, the general public. Well, Rio, I think, would also be one of yeah. them. Um, I'm trying to think just off the top of my head, but I think I've said quite a few of them. Yeah, but to me, another thing, I feel like this album, The Tears of Fears, they get wrongfully grouped in with a different crowd of 80s music to me that they don't belong in. Like, I think people think, oh, Everybody Arms of the World is the only big hit from this album. Maybe Head Over Heels. So they're more like an 80s top 40 act. In the vein oh, of like, you. I don't even know like I could consider like an '80s top forty act because I don't really don't think 
they're seen as like the new wave act that they were considered maybe 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. But like to me personally, I feel like an album like this groups them in with like the all stars of the genre. Like I think while the hurting's good, I think Big Chair puts them up with like the Cure, the Smiths, Kate Bush, like the like the Peshmo talking heads, like the gang, the gang, the game changers <laughs> of the genre. I think Tears Your Fears are up there. Even yeah. someone like I think. They're very similar to the works, especially in the 80s, of Peter Gabriel. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like he had his own reign with So in 86 and whatnot with that. And I feel like those albums to me are very similar, you know. They're black and white covers with the artist on the front. Very simple in design, but the music on the inside is just so fascinating and just transcending and all that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess one more question I have for you. How many copies do you own of this album? Um, now let me think for just a second. I of the album. Uh, does that include Wood Messy and, Hall? Any? Well, just, no, just songs from the picture. Songs from the picture. Uh, three. I think three. It's not um, bad. I have I so I told you the other day actually on the phone. Call, I really want a nineteen eighty five yeah. vinyl because I mean having my favorite album of all time in its like original form would be super awesome. So if you ever want to be nice, you okay, know, <laughs> shouldn't be hard idea. to come by. Shouldn't be hard to come um, by. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Um, so I, I have a twenty fourteen reissue with the airbrushed awful cover. The original cover is way better than the airbrushed one. And then I have a picture disc that I got for a great price. Thank you. You're for... welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. You. It's now sold out on that website. Uh, yeah, I'm glad I got it when I did. And then I the box for... set. I got my picture disc for eight bucks. <laughs> so the 2014 vinyl picture disc from 2020 and um the box set. Mm-hmm. How about you? I'm a little afraid of the answer. Guess how many? Just start a number. So I know you have like what six C's of loves. I have way more than that, Nine. actually. Yes. Okay, so I think you have six songs in the pictures. I have eight songs in the pictures. Oh my god! <laughs> so do you want to you want me to go off the list here real quick? I have it memorized in my brain. Then yeah, go right ahead. I have an original '85 vinyl. Man, <laughs> I have an original '85 CD. Wow. Okay. I have the classic album reissue from Universal, which is just the '95 remaster, but put in like a hardbound book uh-huh. packaging instead of like a jewel case. I have the 2006 two CD deluxe edition. I have the box set. I have the Stephen Wilson Blu-ray mix separate. Then I uh, have the 2014 vinyl and yeah. the picture disc. Wow. So I have eight. And there's still a lot more that I want to get, um, believe it or not. I don't have the Almond cassette. Interesting. Well, yeah. I, Who needs cassette? Yeah, there's a lot. Like, for example, the mobile. Fo- there's a lot that I want still, like the Mobile Fidelity uh, Sound Lab uh, Gold CD from 98, which 
I might have to fetch 150 bucks for if I ever wanted to get that. <laughs> um, the uh, Mobile Fidelity Sound Lab analog cut from 2012 or 14. I have the Seeds of Love one. Yeah. They, they put out Big Chair and Seeds of Love. I only have the Seeds of Love. Did not get Big Chair. Um, the Deluxe Canadian vinyl. The Deluxe Canadian cassette. You got like a book with it or whatever. Yeah, you own a lot. Um, What's the one you have where you had that booklet come with it? You see, it's very strange to talk about because I'm that is from the Canadian vinyl okay. and Canadian cassette. Okay. But I don't have either, so unless something got misplaced. Right. Because I have the book, and yeah, that's you... what I really would want it for because, like, yeah, I can get a cassette copy of Big Chair, but at the same time, the vinyl is very interesting because it's a gatefold, and it does not have the band name or the album title on the cover at all. Just that picture, and that's it. Interesting. I'll look into that. Oh, good um, luck. There's zero for sale on Discogs. Oh, damn it. Okay. Well, I'll look on eBay. Um, good luck. <laughs> yeah. That is all I have to say for today. Was there anything um, else you had to say? Uh, this is one of those albums that's like a life-changing album. That's all I have to say. Changed my certainly life. certainly was for me. Definitely and changed yours. And look where we yours. are now. Making yes. a podcast. Podcast about one. that album. There we go. So yeah, I'm almost convinced for the next episode we're going to be doing something songs and picture related. Shocker. Well, duh. Yeah, so we I'm thinking, need to decide. Yeah, because I'll let the uh, listeners in on a little secret here. We have a shared Google Doc with all of our episode lists. Ooh. <laughs> Whoa, shocker. We haven't decided yet if we're going to put Massey Hall in with the Leonard Apple tour and scenes in the big chair, or something's going to be separate. We're just going to do all three in one shot. We haven't decided. We'll figure it out. We can work it out. Didn't, didn't. So, did you have anything else to add? Um, no? Check us out on. Oh, okay. Facebook. We're plugging. Yeah. I'm just going to go right to the plug. Check us out on Facebook at History from the Big Chair, on oh, okay. Instagram, which is our humble home. Where we post Thanks. song information on Saturdays. Or is it Sunday? Fun fact Friday. Song facts Saturday slash Sunday. Either one. Yeah, Fun either fact one. Fridays. Memorabilia slash merch slash music Mondays. Those are my personal favorites. Yes. And then whatever we decide to post in between pictures. Go back Thursdays sometimes. Go back Thursdays sometimes. Um, something that I'm going to start doing on there. Um, just on like a story thing, nothing really, no, no posts. It's just kind of do like a little bit of like a get to know like us a little bit more, sharing some music recs, Perhaps. stuff like that, you know, because people are just hankering to listen to what I listen to, right? Maybe we can do what I do on my personal account, which I'm not sharing the information of. Um, the record of the week. Just do like our own like non Tears for Fears record of the week. Yeah, I feel like that would be really neat. That would kinda, be neat. Yeah, kinda, just, sharing our personal collections aside from Tears for Fears. Yeah, because I've got you know me, I've got a lot. They are nowhere yeah. near the majority of my collection at all whatsoever. Yeah, with with you, we would have we'd be good for like five years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so also feel free to check us out on Twitter for updates at hftbc underscore pod. I left and, the Twitter to you because I forgot the username. <laughs> and go ahead. And 
follow us on YouTube. And if you're listening on YouTube, smash that like button. I'm just kidding. That was Post awesome. notifications on. Subscribe. subscribe. We will be doing video content at some point, showing off our stuff. When do you intend on doing that? Summer. I and guess, my question I just... for you is, would that be like something we do a video podcast episode? It would, basically... But like an only YouTube release? An, an only YouTube release, yeah. Not even like a video podcast, it's just like a video, just like two people just chatting, showing I stuff. I see, so it doesn't necessarily need to be a podcast. Nah. I got it, okay, yeah. So, just... follow our YouTube, just follow us if you're interested, I suppose, and you know, just stay up to date, updates follow the and journey. all that. <laughs> yeah, man, just a couple of youngins having a good time. Yes, um, yes. Go ahead and check out at tearsforfears.swag for some high quality Tears for Fears news. I've been active a little. We're getting a little. There. We're getting there. We're getting there. I highly and follow at Cherry Cola Art. Oh, Cherry Insta- Cola underscore, underscore art, art underscore. underscore <laughs> follow at Cherry Cola underscore art underscore for some of the finest Tears for Fears themed art out on the platform of Instagram. In addition to some other things, and I brought this up last episode, that Sean Spencer drawing was fantastic. Thank you. Thank I, you I, would, I would like a Gus drawing at some point. You should draw that picture of Gus and Kurt I sent. <laughs> yeah. 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 There you go. That is all we have for you. Yeah. That is that is all we have for you today. Um. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you enjoyed. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening. And I think I'll take the liberty of signing us off. Yes, take us home. Uh, so long. Take care. And always remember to sow the seeds of love.